You're listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast, where we speak with founders, CEOs, investors, advisors, experts, and thought leaders in the brave new world of psychedelics and entheogenic medicines. Brought to you by Psychedelic Invest, bringing you unparalleled psychedelic investing data and analysis. Psychedelic Invest is the industry's leading resource for those looking to invest in the burgeoning psychedelic industry. For more information and to access all of the podcast episodes, check out our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. And now here's the host of the Psychedelic Invest podcast, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is the Psychedelic Invest podcast. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. Our guests today are Robin Arnott. He is co-founder and CEO. And we've got Dr. Sandeep Prakash. He is chief science officer. They are from SoundSelf. We're going to talk about the world of psychedelics and the world that they're in, in terms of music and therapeutic process, really kind of understanding their approach to this fascinating kind of research, fascinating background. I'm excited to talk about this one. I think this world of psychedelics is fascinating because there's so many different angles and so much work that we really are doing and really understanding about psychedelics, how they work, the process, therapy, the conditions that can be treated. And SoundSelf is really a taking a different approach. So I'm excited to have this conversation, excited for them to tell the story and find out more. With all that, Robin and Cindy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. Very glad to talk Thank to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Good to be here, Bruce. Yeah. So why don't we start before we kind of dig into everything you're doing today? Let's get a little background. And why don't we start with Robin, then we can go to Cindy. What was your professional background? How did you get into this? What's the story of you two coming together? That's a wonderful question. And I think it actually uh, belays some of the unique aspects of the technology. And so many people, you know, so many people coming into this field, I think, have unique stories. And it feels like there's a lot of real genius coming out of the seams in the whole industry. I'll speak to myself and my own story, and then yeah. I'll pass the baton to Sandeep. Perfect. So my story really starts in gaming. Uh, many years ago, I was a game developer. I started as a sound designer for games. So anybody listening to this podcast who's played the game The Stanley Parable or Antichamber, I was a sound designer, <laughs> Yeah. both of those games. Yeah. And I was absolutely fascinated by using sound to change a person's state of consciousness, to change a person's mind. And in a game design context, that's interesting because, you know, taking Antichamber as an example, that was a very difficult game. And I wanted to use the sound design to give people a feeling of spaciousness for the game. Uh, but I was also a, a game designer, and I was interested in immersion. So this was before the advent of virtual reality. Okay. I created a terror game called Deep Sea. It was called by some gaming journalists the most scary game ever made. <laughs> and the reason it did that was because it the player had to wear a gas mask, and it blinded them. And there was a sea monster out there. And the only way to defeat the sea monster was to control your breathing. But it actually forced you to dysregulate your breathing. And so people had crazy responses to this. I had somebody wow. faint playing it at South of by course, Southwest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a really <laughs> unique experience. I don't know how that came through. But you can still actually play that at a Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment in Oakland. So I was fascinated with game design feedback loops and obviously breath as well into how to make a person feel immersed, but also how to create unique states of consciousness. And when I had my first awakening experiences, which were facilitated by a very sparkly combination of LSD and the Burning Man Festival, mm -hmm. I was really primed to be thinking about these systems. And it just landed in my brain 
more or less instructions here make this use the voice and using an intelligent feedback loop with the voice you can bring a person into a oneness experience without any psychedelic without any drug without any meditation experience without any additional breath work just with the voice and with the attention yeah fascinating yeah yeah so with my experience as a game designer me and a colleague of mine took that idea and began developing it and we had a prototype we could test in about six months. And, you know, this was 10 years ago. We had something very powerful and we created a virtual reality experience around it. And it was very effective at bringing people into these non-ordinary states. But if you think about it, 10 years ago, what we have is a really unique feedback loop, but it's not exactly a game, you know? If you think about the games industry and what people want to play, it's more like a meditation experience, but it's not even that really. Yeah. It's a digital psychedelic. so. Mm -hmm. I wrote the Technodelic Manifesto because I saw a lot of artists who were working on very similar challenges. How do we, you know, I think the cultural seeds for the psychedelic renaissance were already well in place and the roots were growing. And so there were so many very, very talented people working on these challenges. I'll, I'll just drop the name Mikey Seagal here. <laughs> if anybody wants to look up him, he's done some fascinating work and he's a good friend of mine. But we had this really powerful technology and... Then another colleague of mine, we started a publishing company called Andromeda Entertainment and continued incubating it as a digital therapeutic because we knew that there was therapeutic value to this, but we also knew that the market wasn't really ready for that. And then as soon as people started talking about digital therapeutics and as the psychedelic boom happened, then we already had this technology that had about eight years of development behind it, eight years of player testing. It's an extremely robust technology, extremely engaging, extremely fun because me and the other creators were game designers. Yeah. And so we broke that out from the publishing company and founded SoundSelf with Dr. Prakash here. And this is a good place to pass the baton, but Dr. Prakash was, he was the mind who really encouraged us to take this from, let's say an entertainment product into mm -hmm. something that could be used in a clinical setting. Yeah, interesting. All right, so let's pass the baton. Yeah, so I guess my story starts about 15 years ago when I was suffering from a crisis of meaning of sorts after ayahuasca experience and quit my job and traveled to India where my ancestors are from yeah. in search of some techniques to regulate mind and body and really explore the experience I had to see what, see what I had to do next in my life. So I started studying yoga in a very classical and traditional way that focused on meditation and breathing techniques. And I also had more psychedelic experiences mm -hmm. in India. And I also was studying music. I'm a musician. And I found so much value in learning these yogic techniques. It took a long time to master. Yoga Nidra and the various breathing techniques helped me enormously to the first step, just to regulate my nervous system after having being a little bit destabilized after ayahuasca experience. Yeah. And so I want to study it more. So I decided to do my master's and PhD in psychology, California Institute of Integral Studies, which specializes in the study of psychedelics for the past 30, 40 years and studied under Janice Phelps, who started the Center for Psychedelic Therapies and Research at CIS. And as my doctoral work was coming to a close, I was in Austin and I was about to launch a research study on flotation tanks because I was really looking for 
modern technologies that could help transmit methods of working with the mind and body that I found in yoga, but I knew that would take years to master. Yeah. And float tank is one of those, but it's not very accessible. It costs money. Yep. It's about $100 a session. Many people don't have that. And yep. you have to go to a place to do it. But when I was in Austin, somehow I got connected with Robin. I can't even remember now how it happened. <laughs> but I went over to his house and I tried this, the prototype virtual reality version, which was on the virtual reality market at the time. And I was blown away. And I saw in that product a way to reach many, many people to empower them with a way to modulate their their inner systems, their respiratory system, their psyche in such a radical way that I decided to do a research study on it. And after that research study was concluding, and I can talk more about that later, but we decided to join forces and start SoundSelf and bring it to the world as a digital therapeutic for psychedelic medicine and beyond. Fascinating. So let's just kind of clarify for folks what you're actually doing. Because I hear digital therapeutic or digital psychedelic. Like, what is it that you're trying to develop from kind of IP technology therapeutic practice? Like, what, give us a summary of it. Great. Well, let's zoom out just a moment first and mm -hmm. talk about digital therapeutics more broadly. So digital therapeutics are an innovation that has been growing at around the same time as the psychedelic renaissance. But a lot of people don't know about it. Now, what is a digital therapeutic? Well, the FDA is recognizing, and I think culture at large is recognizing that pharmaceutical interventions aren't always appropriate and often introduce additional challenges in the healing journey. Digital therapeutics are interventions that are purely digital. And another way to put that, that I think people in the psychedelic field would understand is that they're purely experiential. So yeah. instead of a chemical having some sort of chemical reaction in your body that does this and this and this, you're actually having some sort of experience. It could be a cognitive experience. A lot of digital therapeutics are educational and teach certain practices, or it could be an immersive experience. And that's what we are. We're a highly immersive digital therapeutic that yeah. does with technology something and with immersive technology. So in our case, and I'll get into the details of how this yeah. works, but that's voice, light, sound, vibration, biometrics, bringing these things together to create a really unique experience that wouldn't be possible before without these technologies. Yeah. And this experience, by nature of having this experience and participating in it, because it's a participatory experience, it has a healing and a teaching affect. So for us, being in the psychedelic field, we're really interested in, in teaching uh, skills of surrender, skills of release. These are skills, psycho-emotional skills. We don't even usually think of these things at schools, excuse me, as skills. Yeah. But they are skills. And we just kind of take them for granted sometimes. But they are skills and you can practice them. But I find that it's much more effective to practice and learn these skills in a direct, engaging feedback loop than, you know, some sort of cognitive process. So... That's digital therapeutics as a whole, and digital therapeutics are used to treat any number of conditions, issues. Okay. But I think where they're most valuable is in mental health, because that's somewhere where the, the pharmaceutical best practices are really failing a lot of people. But experiential, having experiences, maybe that's a psychedelic, maybe it's a digital therapeutic, that's not going to have any negative repercussions. 
and it's going to teach your body and mind a new way of doing, a new way of being that can help you get past whatever mental health concern you're having. So let's look at sound self. I'll describe this for you. Yeah. So imagine you come into a doctor's office or perhaps you do this at home. You lie down, you put on these glasses and you close your eyes and you're wearing headphones with a little microphone on them. And you're guided in a short meditation that brings your attention into your body and guides you into breathing. And then, after you've been breathing for a little while, slowing down your breath, it guides you into toning. So you breathe in and produce a long tone with your voice. You do this again and again, receiving gentle instruction. And gradually the instruction disappears and as you tone, music starts to generate around your voice. And the glasses that you're wearing with your eyes closed start to strobe. So you get a light and sound, a light and music experience that is responding to your voice and responding to your tone. And you're lying on a vibroacoustic bed which is vibrating with your tone. And what we find is after about 10 minutes of doing this, people lose any sort of mind wandering, any sort of default mode network activity. Mm -hmm. And we start to see a lot of theta activity. And we're even seeing gamma bursts. And as people go through this experience, a lot of people have their first ever experience of true stillness, of being with themselves as awareness rather than as content. And the reason we're able to do that is we're using all of these technologies to entrain a voice and breath loop that stimulates the vagus nerve and also overwhelms your senses in such a way that you trust because it's beautiful and so it discourages actively discourages any kind of mind wandering or critical discourse and so we can get people into non-ordinary states like this very very quickly so this is with no psychedelics themselves there's no molecules chemicals drugs that you're taking as part of this experience no exogenous psychedelics yeah, exactly <laughs> inside there's all sorts of drugs going on <laughs> it's all sorts of drugs your brain's doing it all the time you're on drugs right now so uh, kind of leads me to my next question which is is the kind of condition that you're creating inside someone's body you know neurochemistry and things like that is that the exact same thing that they would experience on psychedelics is it similar but different or is it just completely different but has a similar kind of effect in terms of perception yes yes and yes (laughs) (laughs) you know for a long time so i'm a psychedelic purist okay i care deeply about psychedelics and administrator and ayahuasca church so i'm very deep in this work Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of a plant purist And on the one hand, I'm a plant purist, and on the other hand, I'm an avid technologist. And for a very, very, very long time, you know, we've been showing this technology and working with this technology for a decade. For a long time, I said, wanted to be extremely careful, and I think we should be extremely careful about how we use words like psychedelic. You know, I see people all the time saying, you know, this is a psychedelic experience. And it's like, okay, you know, that's an experience that has pretty colors, but it's not a psychedelic experience. And... I was very hesitant to describe this as a psychedelic, but as we were showing it more and more, I was really challenged because there's really no other word that describes the experience. Is it deeply meditative? Yes, it's deeply meditative. And is it, does it give you, I'll put it this way, it's a radically, it's a sufficiently altered experience that I think the word psychedelic is justified and it gives you access to many of the same 
characteristics as a psychedelic experience, oneness and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that doesn't really happen is encounter with, let's say, non-embodied agents. Yeah. But yeah. all sorts of other things that we associate with the psychedelic experience are very, very common for people going through sound self. Interesting. I guess, do you feel or have you been able to show that it has the same kind of therapeutic effect or a different therapeutic effect? I mean, what's the, if people are using psychedelics to kind of treat these conditions and, you know, get to better places, like, does this have the same impact? There are some similar effects if we look at research on how some psychedelics, the classical psychedelics, the LSD, psilocybin, and effects on default mode network. Although, you know, because psychedelic research was illegal for so long, a lot of this is just getting started again. There's not any real consensus right now in terms of the neurological mechanisms. There's people proposing new models every few months. But with the default mode network, there is some evidence that there's reduced functional connectivity of default mode network, less mental chatter. And with the EEG research we've done on SoundSelf, that's very, very similar. There's in the EEG research we did on SoundSelf, there's an increase in gamma across the brain. There's a decrease in activity in regions associated with the default mode network. And it leads to suggest that there's a sort of similar effect from what Robin Carhart-Harris had proposed in his famous paper, Rebus and the Archaic Brain, where that it involves the default mode network and the ability of people coming out of psychedelic or technodelic experience to have greater capacity to, to change bad habits yeah. or just ingrained habitual aspects of the way their brain is working. But it's also different. In a later study, which is a long-term study that happened over six weeks, people were using it regularly. And we uncovered some mechanisms that were are unique to SoundSolve and which it allowed us to go into our design process with greater precision so that we can create modes or versions of SoundSolve that target certain mental health conditions and certain things that people want to do with their mental health. I mean, in that study, we saw really, really interesting improvements like 12% increase in well-being, 20% increase in mysticism, increases in mindfulness, 50% decrease in anxiety, 50% increase in, in wellness, and 40% increases decreases in depression. And we, there was also a qualitative component to that study where the participants were really given a chance over that six weeks to dive into the qualities of their experience. And we found that it's, you know, there's a debate going on right now with psychedelics compounds and how they're going to have be legalized, how they're going to be approved by the FDA. What is it going to look like outside the clinical trial environment? There's a lot of concerns that what we can't necessarily replicate the quality of care outside the clinical trial environment. And there's concerns about standardization. So one of the primary components that whether we like it or not, we can't ignore is the relationship with the person and the therapist, the therapeutic container. And what we're trying to do with SoundSelf is how can we improve the relationship between the person's core self and the parts of themselves that might have some affliction or might needing some work. And so that's what we found in that study is that people were felt much more empowered to encounter afflictive psychological phenomena and work with it and explore and what's going on in their life. So it's almost like SoundSelf creates this sort of therapeutic container 
in the person themselves. Teaches them embodied techniques of creating a therapeutic rapport with the parts of themselves that need attention. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a relational component to that. And that's something that, you know, as a technology, it's, we feel really proud that we can bring that into the psychedelic space. There's still a lot of questions on how can we sure. improve process for people in preparation and integration. That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Robin, I want to ask you, you know, on the kind of the business side, I guess, how is this kind of, what is the strategy in terms of coming into the market? I mean, obviously there's some benefits since you're not actually dealing with psychedelics from kind of a legality point of view, kind of regulatory point of view. And it seems like there's potentially from the actual administrative side of things in terms of scalability and being able to actually, you know, create therapeutic practices that, you know, can reach lots of people and, you know, that is kind of doable from a cost point of view. Uh, just give me a sense of like, where do you see the strategic opportunity here? And maybe where are some of the challenges that you've been facing as you figured out how to kind of grow and build the business? Well, sure. First off, what we can do with this is we can create a psychedelic experience for people that doesn't require the same rigor of a chemical psychedelic. Yeah. There's a lot of benefits to that. But secondly, for institutions that do have a psychedelic practice, this is an excellent preparation and integration protocol that we believe is going to sustain the durability of effect of the psychedelic. And I can let Dr. Prakash go a little bit more into the clinical application of the technology. Sure. You know, right now we're mostly using it within ketamine clinics. Okay. There's a lot of interest with ketamine clinics to improve the patient experience with preparation and integration. Oftentimes they have uh, limited clinician time available providing psychotherapy. Sound self, coming in for sound self sessions, we see people, clinics doing two to three sessions before and after, and that's also what we're recommending. And there's a lot of benefits in the preparation and integration side. The primary benefit on the preparation side, it reduces any pre-dosing anxiety, virtually eliminates any apprehensiveness for going into an altered state because they are practicing going into an altered state that feels safe, Mm -hmm. That feels that, you know, they can take the hardware off at any time. And it ends up, the patient feels like they get practice coming and going to the clinic. And, you know, we might overlook those things, but these are really important for the person who is suffering. But they practice going to the clinic, they practice doing, you know, going into an altered state and then, you know, interfacing with the staff before and after. And that's huge. And then, so after the experience, after the ketamine experience, they'll come in for two to three sessions. And what we're seeing is that, People can deepen into insights that emerge during the ketamine experience in a non-cognitive way. So oftentimes in the psychedelic insights, it's something that with Michael Pollan's book, it says like people thought, okay, how to change your mind as you take a psychedelic, you change your mind fixed. And that's not the reality. And, you know, people <laughs> who are part of this industry know that who have been in it for a while. We know that. And this just requires constant work. You know, we have to go back to our day-to-day -day lives. And at first, people suffering from more severe disorders, like let's say substance use disorder, it's like quitting and staying sober is, is it takes a lot of work. Yeah. But what we can do is with Sound Self is coach people on how to anchor an insight that they may have had into their body right after the psychedelic experience uh, and through techniques like journaling, art space methods, and to carry it with them so that it is a living force in their psyche. That insight is emerges as something that they're in constant dialogue with in a dynamic and spacious way. And then as life goes on, you, they can come in for a sound self session and revisit in, from a space of spaciousness, from a space of non-egoic relationality, what that 
living force uh, has to say for them at that particular time. And so we find this hugely beneficial. Yeah, is this, yeah. I mean, I guess, do you or could you customize the experience based on people's previous experiences? I, mean, I guess how much of this is adaptive to the, to the individual? It's a highly, highly adaptive experience. And we're only making it, you know, that's one of the things that makes it stand out as a technology. Yeah. And why coming from a game design background, I've been able to create a very, very dynamic system. So it's always listening to your voice and it's always adapting to, let's say, your breathing rhythm to the tones that you're doing. So you'll never have the same sound self experience more than once. Mm. And additionally, as we're doing this, it's going to be storing your information session after session. So it's going to be learning from you what music works best from you, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of instruction works best for you, and constantly adapting the experience to your unique needs and your unique responsiveness that we can gather from biometrics, but also from the voice. You know, there's a lot of wonderful, rich information from the voice that we can use to make a highly dynamic and adaptive experience. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'll just add to that. We're building it. So we're using AI voice analysis before and after the experience. And we're also can do natural language processing on that, as well as AI to better monitor how someone is breathing during the experience and to steer their breathing to more optimal states. So we very highly personalize to the person and their breathing patterns and their more optimal patterns. So long term, yeah, we're building a data set that will can better and better, you know, every day is going to inform the software and improve it and make it adaptable to specific scenarios, specific populations, mental health conditions. Interesting. And right now you've got technology developed, you're in clinics, I guess, where are you in terms of actually getting this to market and where are you going from here? We've got it in about 70 clinics right now. And what we're doing right now, so it's, it's a beta, and we've been listening very closely, developing very deep relationships with our practitioners. You know, something I love that I think is not spoken enough about of the psychedelic practitioners and psychological practitioners more broadly is that, yes, these are highly scientific minds that very much care about validation, very much care that, you know, they want to know that what they're doing works. But they're also very creative people. They're a wonderful blend of the rational and scientific and the creative. And they have their different protocols and practices, and they combine them in different ways in a very sensitive and intimate relationship with their client in many, many cases. And so we're listening to our customers and gathering feedback. This is a really groundbreaking approach. And it's not for everyone in terms of practitioners. You know, it's not appropriate for every environment. Yeah. But by listening to our practitioners, we're learning more and more how to adapt this to the clinical environment. And right now we're in about to enter a development sprint where we're just taking all this feedback. So, for example, we use a lot of biometric data in running the software, but we're realizing that it's actually very important for our clinicians to have that data exposed to them so that they can offer their client some quantifiable information. Here's how your respiration changed. Here's how your attention changed. Yeah. Here's how your brain states changed. And we have all that data and exposing that to the clinician in a way that they can make sense of and that they can use is a request that we've received and we're adapting to that. And we're yeah. also adapting the form factor because being in a beta, we expect that the form factor is right now it runs on a computer and we're redeveloping it to run on its own self-contained hardware. So Following the next six to eight months or so, uh, we'll be redeploying a new technology and scaling it from there. Yeah, I imagine that at some point I'll have 
like my muse headband meditation tool, right? It'll be some kind of multi-sensory thing that I can use for doing that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you know, it's like our customers, our clients, our best partners. And so we're actively enlisting new partners into our program. And the, the best partners for us are people who are really interested in new ways, modern ways of leveraging the best that technology has available to us, the best of the you know, enormous expanse of information available to us to deliver really, really excellent solutions to their patients and to help us continue to innovate because that's where we thrive. And that's what one of the things that sets us apart is we are a highly innovative tool set that works extremely well. And so anybody listening to this who thinks, wow, you know, this worked great in my practice or wow, I have a portfolio company who I think would be a great partner for this, you know, please be in touch. We love yeah. working with new people and we love solving your problems. Yeah, no, perfect. And if people want to get more information on the work that you're doing and have, you know, get more insight on the people that you work with and if they're a potential fit, what's the best way to get that information? Sure, I'd recommend going to our website, soundself.com. That's S-O-U-N-D-S-E-L-F.com. And I'll tell you what, if you're interested in joining us, if you're interested in purchasing one, I'm happy to offer you a discount right now. In fact, why don't we go ahead and, Bruce, when you release the podcast, are there notes in the bottom? Yeah, yeah, there'll be a place people can get information. So if you want to give me a codes or information, I'll put it there. Yeah, that's great. I'll give you a link and then people will just go to that link and enter It'll probably be your name or the name of the podcast, but it'll all be there in the description. Just follow that link, enter the name there, and then we're happy to get you a discount and onboard you into the program. Awesome. Perfect. I'll make sure that all the information is in the show notes. People can get that. Robin, Cindy, thank you for taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Really good talking. Thank you, Britt. Thank you for listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and leave us a review. You can find more episodes on all the major podcasting platforms and our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast.